welcome to the Vascular Form Podcasts. My name is Carlota Fernandez-Prenders. And my name is Agla Cabernuita. Today's editor's choice paper is International Variations in Sex Disparities in the Treatment of Peripheral Arterial Occlusive Disease, a report from Vasconet and the International Consortium of Vascular Registries authored by Christian Alexander Behrendt and colleagues. As the title indicates, this study is an international collaboration using national registry data from various sources. These types of collaborations with the use of registry data are very important in this age of evidence-based medicine and big data, and the conclusions drawn from these studies have very high external validity. What were the specific objectives of the authors in this case? Prior studies using Vasconet and large-scale observational data on peripheral arterial occlusive disease-related lower limb amputations and bypass surgery observed considerable variations between countries and sexes, leading to numerous hypotheses concerning possible differences in case selection and decisions regarding best treatment. In this study, the authors have two main objectives. First, to evaluate invasive treatment indications and practices for symptomatic peripheral arterial occlusive disease in a global, real-world setting, and second, to describe case selection in terms of the patient's age and sex to try to determine differences between countries participating in the International Consortium of Vascular Registries. As most of you probably know, Vascunet is a collaboration of vascular registries from Europe, America, and Australasia. It was founded in 1997 with the aim of increasing knowledge and understanding of vascular diseases and promoting excellence in vascular surgery. It is administered and partially funded by the ESVS. The International Consortium of Vascular Registries, or ICVR, was mutually founded by Vascunet and the VQI, which is a similar initiative to Vascunet from the U.S. Society for Vascular Surgery as a transatlantic framework for registry-based research and quality improvement. How many participating countries did the authors manage to recruit for this study? 11 countries participated in this study. Australia, Germany, Iceland, Italy, Malta, New Zealand, Norway, Portugal, Russia, Sweden, and the USA. What data sources did they use? They used national statistics, administrative data, and health insurance claims. What was the time frame of the study? It included procedures conducted between January 2010 and December 2017. What variables did the authors gather? Age, sex, treatment indication for intermittent claudication or chronic limb-threatening ischemia, open or hybrid versus endovascular intervention, and mean length of hospital stay. Right. How many patients did they manage to include in the 11 participating countries? So they included a total of 1,164,497 hospitalizations for invasive PAOD treatment with a mean of 145,562 hospitalizations per year. The entire cohort had a mean age of 71.9 years, 40% were female patients, 48% were treated for claudication, and 52% for critical limb-threatening ischemia. 54% were treated endovascularly, while 46% were treated with open or hybrid surgical repair. Were there many differences regarding the indication for treatment among the various countries? Yes. 
Italy was the country with lowest proportion of patients treated for intermittent claudication, only 6%, while Russia was the country with the highest proportion of claudication patients, 68%. Other countries with over 60% of patients with claudication were Germany and Norway. Overall, there was a higher proportion of revascularization for patients with intermittent claudication in countries with a fee-for-service model of physician payment. 54 versus 38%. How about the type of treatment? Did the authors also observe significant variations between the countries? Yes. The proportion of endovascular repair also varied widely, from 24% in Russia to 88% in Italy. Additionally, there was also substantial differences between the two U.S. data sources, with a higher rate of endovascular interventions in the VQI database in comparison to Medicare. Other countries with a proportion of endovascular repairs over 70% were Norway, Australia, and Iceland. And regarding age? Well, the mean age of the patients ranged from 70 years in the USA to 76 years in Italy, with the lowest proportion of octogenarians in Russia, 7.6%, and the highest in Sweden, 33%. What did the authors find regarding sex disparities? A total of 463,745 female patients, approximately 40% of the global cohort, were included in the sex-specific analysis. The proportion of female patients in the national samples varied from 23% in Portugal to 47% in Sweden. At the time of treatment, Female patients were between 2.1 years in the USA and 10.1 years in Russia, older than their male counterparts, except for Italy, where women were 0.9 years younger than men. Female patients underwent more often invasive treatment for the management of intermittent claudication in Iceland, 54% versus 49%, and Russia, 70% versus 68%, compared with male patients. In contrast, the proportion of female patients undergoing revascularization for intermittent claudication was lower in Portugal, Malta, USA, New Zealand, Norway, Australia, Sweden, Italy, and Germany. In general, women were treated at a more advanced stage with substantial regional variation. Regarding the type of procedures, 57% of females were treated endovascularly more often than their male counterparts. 49% of whom received endovascular treatment. Females were more frequently revascularized endovascularly in every country except for Italy, with sex differences in favor of females from plus 2.4% in Norway and plus 2.46% in Germany to plus 7.25% in Australia and plus 14.9% in Portugal. You also mentioned length of stay as an additional variable. Yes. The mean length of hospital stay varied between 2.5 days in Norway to 9.9 days in Portugal. Iceland, New Zealand, Norway and the USA had mean lengths of stay shorter than 5 days. Their corresponding proportions of critical limb-threatening ischemia were 48.7%, and 60.8% and the corresponding proportions of endovascular treatment were 79%, 28%, 71%, and 46%. So clinical representation and treatment modality do not fully explain the shorter length of stay. 
we would have to look in deeper at other clinical variables, healthcare organization, and pathways of care. So basically, this large registry observed wide variations in the different participating countries for PAOD treatment in all the analyzed variables, age, sex, indication, treatment modality, and length of stay. Exactly. These findings are not really surprising. And previous VASCUNET reports in infra-inguinal bypass surgery, including registry data from nine countries comprising of 32,087 cases treated between 2005 and 2009, reported similar variations, with a proportion of females varying from 25% to 44%, and the proportion of patients with claudication ranging from 16 to 41%. This first VASCUNET report led to a heated discussion regarding the underlying reasons for the remarkable discrepancies between treatment standards and clinical reality. This larger study, addressing the years following this first VASCUNET report, again finds remarkable variations in the same variables. So were the authors able to determine any underlying causes for these wide variations? No, unfortunately this paper was not designed to provide casual relationships, it is just descriptive. However, the authors do suggest a couple of hypotheses, mainly the underlying reimbursement system and the available healthcare infrastructure. Prior Vasconet reports have described larger proportions of asymptomatic rotted stenosis and small aortic aneurysms being treated in countries with a fee-for-service versus population-based reimbursement, with variations as big as between 0 and 60% for treatment of asymptomatic rotted stenosis, and between 5 and 39% of small aortic aneurysms. This study seems to show similar trends in surgical treatment of intermittent claudication, with a higher proportion of claudicants being treated in countries in which physician payment is, at least to some degree, dependent on the number of performed procedures. Regarding availability of the healthcare infrastructure, the necessary technical equipment and medical devices generate high capital expenditures and have a limited availability in countries with low healthcare expenditures. For example, the total annual health spending per capita in Russia amounted to only 15% of the health spending in the USA and was approximately 40% of the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development average. And Russia had the lowest proportion of endovascular treatment. Similarly, trends towards increasing numbers of elective endovascular revascularization have been previously reported in Western countries. Other explanatory factors may include the attitude towards quality of life, life expectancy, divergent regional systems for social security and adherence to guidelines. However, there are still significant gaps in knowledge and lack of high-level evidence regarding PAOD management and many recommendations in the most recent guidelines are still based on expert consensuses. So even with good adherence to clinical practice guidelines, the treatment choices can vary, adapting to local experience and availability. What about potential causal explanations regarding sex disparities? Well, this study supports prior published evidence regarding peripheral arterial occlusive disease in women, such as it presenting at a later age and with increased severity a more advanced disease at later onset, smaller vessels, and worse surgical outcomes can be some of the reasons why endovascular procedures are more frequent in women. However, the increased proportion of endovascular revascularizations is not fully understood. What are the limitations of the study? Despite it having a clear and detailed study protocol to permit comparable data extraction from governmental databases, 
There are still significant differences in coding practices, collection of administrative data, and availability of data. While the ICVR has previously published consensus recommendations for PAOD registry data collection, broader adoption is required for true harmonization of data elements and their definitions. Due to the limited availability of some variables, it was not possible to look into comorbidity, lifestyle, and other data more in depth in order to further analyze the context and causes of the discrepancies. Okay, so once again, the main conclusions from this study are that there are significant variations within countries regarding type of indication, choice of treatment, and management of women and men. Any final comments? Yes. This is the largest international comparison of real-world data on the treatment of symptomatic PAOD, and the results should prompt reflection and debate. Women have different clinical presentation, usually more advanced and more unrecognized, and there is work to do to overcome the current disadvantage in access and care. Independent of country-specific practices, we might take the opportunity to consider whether claudicants representing over 50-60% to of all revascularization procedures might not be too high of a proportion. Sure, we live in an age of increasingly minimally invasive surgery, with more endovascular possibilities than ever. But surgery is never really free of complications, no matter how minimally invasive. And one must always consider the careful balance between benefits and risks. It is widely accepted that the risks associated to revascularization procedures for critical limb-threatening ischemia clearly surpass the risks of not performing a revascularization. But I wonder, specifically in claudicants, how many had received prior exercise and best medical therapy? How invalidated were they? How many experienced a significant symptom improvement? What kind of procedures did they undergo? And most importantly, were there any major adverse events, either medical or limb-related, that could have been avoided? We cannot forget, also, our global responsibility towards the sustainability of healthcare systems. I will conclude using the author's final words. Future studies should address the underlying reasons for the remarkable differences observed in PAOD management, including the impact of national societal guidelines on vascular health maintenance, and it is hoped that this report will stimulate conversation between vascular specialists about the factors underlying these differences in practice. Thank you, Carlotta. We encourage you to read the full text paper in the European Journal of Vascular and Endovascular Surgery, Year 2020, Volume 6, Issue 6, pages 873 to 880. Look out for the next Vascular Forum podcasts. They're all available in SoundCloud, Spotify, the EGVS Vascular Forum webpage, and the ESVS library. We will be back soon with the next Vascular Forum Editor's Choice podcast. Take care. Auf Wiedersehen. Bye.